The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Leadership today is more than just a position in an organization. It's also a mix of proven practices that produce results. Welcome to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Our program will bring you the how and why of successfully led businesses or organizations with not-for-profit goals and how you can apply the Adesis Methodology and make it work for you. Now, here is Dr. Ishak Adesis. to everyone uh, again this is also a pre-recorded uh, uh, interview uh, program I'm in Moscow and Lucy Racuzano who I'm interviewing is in New Jersey recording is in Arizona this is the world this is really a small world uh, uh, I'm going to interview today Lou uh, whom I also have known over 20 years and I would like to explain to the audience, uh, to the listeners, why I'm choosing all my interviews now, at least the first 10 or 15, to be with companies and people that have been 20 years ago. It's because uh, I want to show that the methodology has an impact which is sustainable and surviving the time. Usually, many of the interventions or consulting or training have a very short period of uh, life uh, span. Uh, they come and go, come and go, come and go. People don't even remember much. And here we are with a methodology which really shows some uh, survivability, what I call it. So today we are interviewing Lou. Uh, Lou, why don't you introduce yourself? What are you doing now? And then what were you doing before when you were working with Adesis? Well, ahead, okay. Uh, my name is Lou Sericasano, and I'm the CEO of a company in Northfield, New Jersey. It's called Azuro HD LLC. We're in the television engineering business, and uh, I'd like to thank you for... Uh, Considering me for this interview, uh, as uh, you might know, Ichak, I've uh, always admired your work, and uh, you've helped me, my organization, and all my management uh, really grow in the business. Uh, I guess uh, Ichak and I met in 1990, and... my company was in GoGo, and that's using Adesis uh, terms. Uh, and by GoGo, we were 550 employees. We had 60 million in revenues. We had a net worth of about 10 million dollars, and we were in about 15 different businesses, from engineering. Uh, in television, television engineering. We had a satellite company. We have a fiber optic company in New York City. Uh, we were in real estate. Uh, we had a medical division. We had uh, a company in duplication, and we had a company in international uh, conversion. And we had little offshoots of all of these businesses. And we were in Northville, New Jersey, our headquarters. Uh, we were in New York City, California, Chicago, London, and Florida. And um, we were a homegrown management team. And if I was to say we were in GoGo, we were expanding every time we made a turn. 
Uh, finally, in uh, in about 1990. Uh, uh, we started having a problem with the financial markets. Uh, we had raised a lot of money with Trexel Burnham, and they went bankrupt. And that's when I met Dr. Redesis, and uh, uh, he suggested that uh, from what he heard of my company, uh, I had the president of ABC Network on my board of directors. He would like to come in and uh, do an analysis on our company, and uh, uh, the Adesis methodology calls it a the Syndag, which is a synergy. Oh, wait, wait, stop, stop, stop right there before that, because I want to give the audience my uh, side of the story, how we started. Okay. Uh, your, your partner, uh, who was in YPO, listened to my lecture, I forgot, in which international university, and then he said to me, we need you. But what he also told me, which he did not say, he should say it also, is that the company was in deep financial trouble. It was in a negative cash flow, it was really going south. And uh, uh, and when I met you, uh, uh, and because your partner asked me to get involved, I told you, Lou, we don't take companies which are in negative cash flow, which are really going south, because our methodology is not an emergency treatment. Our methodology is more of a making taking companies that have a potential to grow and make them really leaders of the industry, Olympic champions. Uh, but you insisted. You said, no, we really need you. I said, okay, we'll do that as a research project. It was really a research project because I didn't feel comfortable that the methodology was good enough for you. Do you remember this or, or yes. you forgot? Yes, yes. And <clears throat> we, um, uh, we were the product of uh, Drexel Burnham raising a lot of money for us. And when they, went, uh, when they went bankrupt, it created a financial crisis for our company. <clears throat> and with all the divisions we had and 500 employees, uh, there was a lot. There was a lot of problems that uh, we weren't recognizing because there was a lot of internal marketing uh, going on within the organization. And uh, once we sat down with uh, uh, Dr. Redesis and his associates, we were able to organize, uh, organize, and uh, get the the shareholders uh, on the same page, get the board of directors on the same page. As a matter of fact, we had a very very loose agreement between shareholders and directors. And as soon as we got ourselves organized, where all the shareholders, and there were five or six of them, there were six of them at the time, uh, once uh, they understood what the ground rules were and we elected the right board of directors, and once they understood what their job was, uh, we went out to California with all the top management and spent three days reorganizing the whole company. Uh, from that, um, we, were, we were able to then sort out uh, out of the 15 companies we had, what really was our business, what we really had to work with, and um, uh, that's where that's where the whole process started. Uh, well, let's just show, show now my side is uh, what I would like the audience to hear. They probably don't know the word internal marketing. Internal marketing means a lot of internal struggles and confusion and and and, and miscommunication communication and suspicion and you name it, political games. The company was, uh, you see, the company was a go-go, you can hear it, 15 different companies, 15 different companies for 550 people, can you imagine? And they were also going into real estate, so they had a lot of cash tied up in real estate, which was really killing them because they needed cash and they didn't have cash, it was tied up. And, uh, and they were Lose agreement among the partners, and the worst loot to remind you is 
your authority was really very loose too because every partner could say whatever they wanted and you had to listen to every partner. You were actually lost in the desert. There was no strength of authority to lead the company out of trouble. And my job with restructuring the company was just to remind and then your re- reaction to that. A, to get out of the real estate business and get the money back so that you have some liquidity. B, to get rid of some of the company so that we can focus on the core business. But the most important is to get uh, out that partner from England that was taking money but doing nothing, strengthening the managerial role so that people have a role to perform. Like, you know, there was a confusion between ownership and management. Hey, who is an owner out? Who is a manager? Work or don't work, but get out. And then to strengthen your hand as a leader so that you can really lead the company. That's what I remember. What do you remember? Yeah, that's exactly, uh, that's exactly the story at the time. Uh, the trouble was we were all growing so rapidly that we didn't see the internal uh, uh, things that were going on in the company, and everybody was fighting in different directions. And until we got the company organized, and until we... Got everybody working in the same direction, uh, things started happening. We started collecting money. We started uh, uh, getting the profits up. Um, the uh, the divisions that weren't really that weren't really earning a lot of money, uh, they were all fairly profitable. But we merged a few of them together. We re- we redid the uh, uh, the organization, and we did have forty million dollars worth of debt in the company the day that I met. Uh, the Adesis Group. And uh, what we did was uh, we got everything to a point where we had all our post-production companies in one division, we had all our transmission companies in another division, and we had all our engineering companies in another division. So at that point in time, I had three presidents, uh, and there were uh, eight or nine companies instead of 15, and we were able to have meetings that were more meaningful, and uh, we, along with the training that we received from other associates, it's, uh, we learned the Adesis methodology of the four different management styles, and I don't know if you want to talk about that, Echak, telling yeah, everybody. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Anything. Go, go ahead. Go ahead. So once we, once we uh, uh, you know, um, uh, in, in reading your books, uh, we kind of all laughed a little bit because once we understood uh, PAIE, which is uh, produce, administer, the entrepreneur, and the uh, integration of everything, once we understood it, we weren't making the mistakes of putting all uh, administrative people on a committee to solve a problem because they would only come up with a solution that was another administrator. So once we understood the management styles and once we understood who our management people were, we were able to put together some really sharp groups where we were collecting money faster, we were getting our sales up more, we were eliminating uh, uh, exercises of futility where, you know, why are we trying to sell this or why are we trying to sell that? This is our business. And uh, uh, it was like a whole rejuvenation of the organization. The, I, I did have, my inner circle had about 13 people in it, and they all were working in one direction. Uh, shareholders were staying off our back. Uh, a couple of the shareholders were officers of the company. And everybody, everybody seemed, the, the next six months to a year, everything started happening. Uh, unfortunately, we ran into the Gulf War. And the Gulf War in television really helped decimate the business a little bit, too. There were no commercials. Um, uh, for instance, we had a big rental uh, for the Super Bowl in our rental company, and ABC Network canceled it. So we, we were having other things that were happening that, that were hurting the 
company. But as, as something would happen, everybody would get together and we would overcome uh, uh, that situation. And then finally, in 1993... Uh, equitable uh, insurance company had big investments in post-production and they liked our management team and we were able to do a major spin-off of our company and uh, merge it with the equitable companies and we took that company public and meantime all of my different divisions were going through learning the Adesis methodology. They were learning how to put how to put groups together, how to make uh, make the right decisions. And uh, uh, next thing you know, it, uh, we had uh, enough cash flow to where uh, we, we went public in 1994 with all the post production companies and raised a lot of money. And we paid off all our debt. So from 94 to 97, the public company was on my left and the private company was on my right. And uh, I was running the private company and one of my former partners was running the public company. And uh, uh, once again, we worked with uh, all the Adesis associates to uh, strengthen our management team. Uh, we very rarely laid people off. Uh, we were retraining people, moving people around. Uh, we, weren't, we weren't just throwing them in the bag and, and, and shaking them up. But uh, uh, we had a real impetus in the company to learn, a real impetus in the company to make everything grow. And uh, I, I think what wound up happening was in 1997, Equitable came to me and said, you know what? You know, the public company's doing okay, but it's not doing as well as your private company. And by the way, the private company was using the Adesis methodology. Everybody was being trained in it, all the senior managers, all the junior managers, and all the employees. And it was an incredible, it was an incredible rejuvenation of everybody in the company. We, we became bigger than the public company in 1997, and we merged everything together. And I don't think we want to tell the end of the story yet, Ichak. You want to talk about it a little bit? Yeah, yeah, sure. Before we get there, you see, is uh, <laughs> as you are talking, and I, re I remember I have memories, although it was twenty years ago. It is a fantastic story about uh, my memories uh, about your financial chief financial officer was giving us a hell of a tough time, you know, because we were trying to bring our financial accountability system into the company. And he would not budge, you remember. He gave us so much hard time. And I'm telling that to the audience because I want to know the audience that it does not, introducing this methodology requires the commitment of the CEO, which Lou as a CEO had. Boy, if the CEO doesn't have a commitment, usually the financial guys want to control everything while Adidas wants to decentralize and make it open and transparent. They fight Adidas with a tooth and nail and unless we have the commitment of the CEO, we really cannot pull the trick. Can you remember what happened with your CFO? Well, yes. Uh, in 1997, uh, as I said, Equitable was my partner in the public company, and they couldn't, they couldn't understand why we were doing so well and the public company wasn't doing as well. And I credited it to the commitment of all my management. And when they came to me, they said, well, let's merge everything together. Uh, you, we could we could merge the boards of directors, but they really felt they needed a new CFO. And I had a CFO on board, and uh, he was replaced. Uh, it was an unfortunate thing because the man was very talented. He was very close to me. He was fairly loyal to me, but he he was uh, you know he was of the MBA era, and uh, he he didn't believe in some of the management philosophies that we were working on. So we merged the company in the summer of '97. Um, he got a severance package and left, and we proceeded to build the company. And um, 
Within three years, uh, Liberty Media, which is a very large media company, made a bid for the company. Um, we were up to 600 employees. We were doing 100 million in revenues. We sold it. Uh, we sold it to them for 125 million dollars. Now, mind you, it was a public company. We had a lot of shareholders, and a lot of people made made money on it. Uh, you know, especially my whole management team. And um, uh, you know, we walked away. We walked away. We slayed the dragon. We really, really got the company out of trouble and did. Well, uh, let's take a break because this is a fantastic story. People really are going to enjoy it. I really thank you. Over 20,000 people around the world listen to this broadcast. They are really going to get energized. Let's take a break. Okay. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Top Leaf is a turnkey management development curriculum that consists of a set of 20 to 30 minute videos presented by Dr. Ishak Adesis, creator of the methodology and founder of the Adesis Institute. The ADESIS methodology is considered by many to be a solid foundation for all organizational development. The Top Leaf curriculum is made up of three programs. Top Leaf can be used by individuals, by organizations, and by trainers and consultants looking for new content to offer their clients. For more information about Top Leaf, visit www.adesis.com. Dr. Ishak Adesis is one of the leading management experts in the world. He has written 14 books that address the challenges facing top management. Books by Dr. Adesis can be found in 24 languages. They can be purchased at the Adesis store at www.adesis.com or on Amazon.com. Electronic versions are now available for three of the books with more to come. These books reflect over 40 years of study in the fields of management and organizational change. Pick up a copy of one of the books for yourself or as a gift today. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. I would like to emphasize here for the audience that, that we took this company as a client, Adesis Institute, as a research project, as an attempt to see whether the methodology can work also in companies that are almost close to Chapter 11. And negative cash flow, $40 million in, you know, in loss or in debt, I forgot which, which of the two. It was a really a company, uh, we didn't know whether it can do the, the, the trick. But with the commitment that Lou had, that's important, commitment that Lou, of the CEO, and uh, in, with the methodology that really we put our, all our effort into it, the company turned around, as you can see it, from being in the close to Chapter 11, 
uh, went and sold for $125 million, which is a great success. And by the way, I want to thank publicly now to Lou. We were entitled to some uh, stock options, and, uh, and, and Lou really rewarded the Institute with uh, generosity uh, because he really was thankful for what we have done, and we are thankful for him being so generous. Uh, Lou, uh, what do you think was the highlight of the methodology? What made the well, major difference? Well, uh, so the audience knows uh, Ichak has invited me around the world uh, to tell this story a couple of times, and one of the th one of the takeaways that I tell everybody in the audience was when we first started, there was so much uh, inner fighting and there was so much internal marketing that until we learn mutual trust and respect, I think that is the number one takeaway in any company, whether they're doing well, whether they're not doing well, but if there's no mutual trust and respect, you might as well shut the door and go someplace else. You've got to have mutual trust and respect. And, it was, and it, was, it was a point that was always brought up in every meeting and every seminar and everything we ever did. And then I think the second takeaway is you have to understand PAIE. You have to understand the four management styles because in, in each case, in each case, and, 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 and in some cases I had a large P, which was a fellow that would produce. He could have been a, a sales manager. He could, have been, uh, he could have been somebody that was in engineering, but he was a guy that produced and he was very talented. And as soon as I recognized that, I would, I would push him. Or it could have been an administrator. I mean, we, have, we had one instance where our fiber optic system in New York City, the three owners uh, that we bought the company from were fighting all the time. And they would have three Ps. They were fighting all the time. And when the president of that division came to me and said, what are we going to do? I said, you know what? I think we have to let them go. Uh, and by the way, we gave them a long run at trying to make the company work. They couldn't make it run. And there was a young fellow there that was their accountant. He was their controller. He was a CPA. He was an A, an administrator. But he had a, a tremendous uh, feel for the business. All the people there respected him, and I liked him. I encouraged him, and we made him the general manager. He became president of the division. And by the way, he's my partner today in the new company. I'll talk about that later because our new company has a lot to do with the Adesis methodology, and I'll explain that. But also, we had other divisions. Uh, I'm thinking of Andre Macaluso, who was uh, an entrepreneur. He knew how to go out and get business. He knew he knew how to sell to different people. And uh, uh, although he had P in him, but he was an entrepreneur. And I recognize him as a stem winder, and I encouraged him. And then uh, and the integrator, and I guess, Dr. Adesis, you called me the biggest eye in the world. Uh, the integrator has to be that management style that helps all these other uh, management styles work together. You know, how to, how to make teams, how to put teams together. So, you know, back to your question, what do I take away? Mutual trust and respect and understanding the four methodologies. And I'll encourage any of the 30,000 people out there that are listening to this, if you buy Dr. Radice's book, he explains it in a lot of detail. So um, uh, does that answer your question? Yes, yes, Lou. Fantastic story. Uh, uh, you know what is very exciting to me to hear now myself, I'm interested to know, how did you take the knowledge that you had in the previous company that you sold and you put it into a new company that you started? We were not even involved. And this is very important for people to hear. Okay. We are not consultants. Our business is not consultants. We train our clients and give them the tools to help themselves 
and they stay with the tools for a lifetime thereafter. Here it is, Lou and me met 23 years ago, and 23 years later, he's telling you all about the methodology like it happened yesterday. And he transferred the knowledge into the new company, and we are not involved, and we are very proud. I want to repeat this. We are very, in a business institute, we are proud of every company we lose, every client we lose, because which means we taught them, we build them, we bless them, and say goodbye. This is what the business we are in. So what did you do in the new company? You always told me, we started at Prime. Well, uh, let, me, let, me, uh, let me go into that a little bit, because it, I thought it was happening by accident, but it wasn't happening by accident. It was happening because all the people that are in my new company right now, and there's about 30 employees. We have about 30 people in the company, and that includes the shareholders, uh, the boards of directors, and and. And what happened was five years ago, um, there were a lot of disenchanted people in my old company uh, that were with the new company, and the, the new company wasn't doing. I'm sorry, not not the new company. The company that per, the Liberty Media, um, the Liberty Media division that owned my old companies was running it into the ground. They were they were pulling money out. They weren't putting uh, new equipment in. They and 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 it was a uh, it was it, it was all disorganized. So a few of them came to me, and. Uh, I, after being retired for five years, I went to my old directors, and I had a bunch of them to put up money. We had uh, investors put in, in money, and uh, we started building a new uh, high-definition television switch in New York City, the switch being um, uh, something that was competing with our old company, but it was in high-definition. And what, what happened was the salespeople and the engineering people and all of them were with uh, either my partner or myself for 15 to 25 years. Uh, one by one, they were coming to us. And after we had about uh, 10 or 12 or 15 of them, the revenues started to skyrocket. And, and I sat back and I looked at it and I said, holy cow, here we are. We have a very balanced management team. We got PAIE all over the place. We have entrepreneurs, we have administrators, we have salespeople, and uh, you know, once again, I was still an integrator. I was putting the combination of people together, and we were using the methodology, and it was it was like a second nature. We weren't sitting there saying, "Hey, this is what Adidas would say," or "This is what the methodology would say," but we it was in 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 indeed it was inherent in the way we were running the company. You know, and here we are, uh, 2011, uh, with uh, 30 employees. All trained in the methodology from years ago, uh, we're going to be doing 15 to 20 million in revenues, and it's a very profitable company. It's all private. Um, once again, we have shareholders. We have a board of directors that meets every three months. We do projections. We do forecasting. Uh, everybody's got incentive. We have stock options in the whole company. And, and, and when I sat back and looked at it a couple of years ago, I told Ichak at one of his uh, seminars that I went to, I said, holy cow, we're using your methodology. And it's like a second nature to us. Fantastic. Fantastic, fantastic. You know, I, I, I really, I hope all the audience is hearing that. You see, we are in the business. Usually, we're really not consultants. I hate that word. Consultants are people, you ask them what time it is. They ask for your watch, tell you what time it is, and they keep the watch. You still do not know what time it is 10, 10 hours later. You have to continue using them. We're in the business of training, 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 giving tools so the companies can help themselves. With, it's kind of like homeopathic medicine, you know. We really help the companies help themselves. And then it becomes a culture, part of their culture, part of who they are and how they go. And, and they don't have to, you know. And what's also important is, I want everybody to know, that Lou personally came to 
year after year after year to our conventions to renew knowledge, to get new insights, to get kind of a re-rejuvenated, and even even our host, he hosted one of the conventions in uh, in in the in the uh, was it Aruba, right? Yes. Uh, so I uh, he, he kept with us. We're calling them. We don't call our clients clients really. We call them members. They're members of the family. We learn from each other. We share and we grow together, and we provide the tools that they use. And we thank them for the feedback that they give us, how well it works or not. Uh, uh, Lou, uh, in the new company that you have, that you said that you're in Prime already, uh, are there any problems that you handle that you're having difficulty with anyway? Well, well, yeah, you know, as a company grows, and, you know, once again, you taught it to everybody in this organization, as a company grows, there's changes, and that creates problems, and it's the way the team handles the problems that makes it either successful or not, uh, not successful. Uh, we have uh, three divisions in the company, and we're, we're not trying to make it more complicated. Uh, we just try to keep the different businesses in a, in a silo, and uh, we have a, an engineering company that specializes in high-definition television. We have um, uh, our, uh, our, our fiber optic switch company in New York City specializes in high-definition television. And then we just recently, in the last year, and we have a, a $15 million contract with one of the major sports entities. That's the NFL. We have cameras in every NFL stadium that we help the NFL network to manage. And once again, it's a spinoff of, of our, our engineers designing something in High definition television that got was attractive to the NFL, and um, uh, you know with 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 twenty five to thirty employees, we're, we're able to maintain a twenty million dollar uh, uh, sales register, and and we see it growing and growing and growing. Um, um, so to, back to your question: Is there problems? Yes, there's always problems. We always have maybe a cash flow problem, maybe um, uh, you know. Some indecision on some of our guys on you know which direction we want to go, but we sit down, we meet about it. Um, uh, my partner's the president, uh, chief operating officer, and he has a meeting every Tuesday with all the high definition television engineers and salespeople, all of them. There's about seven of them, and uh, they're all discussing ways to overcome and stay ahead of the stay ahead of the pack. We're always ahead of the pack. Um, the old company. Our um, our prime our, our prime uh, item that built all the divisions was videotape machines, professional videotape machines. Whether it was duplicating international distribution, whether it was a rental company or whatever it was, it was tape machines. And very early in the game, in the new company, we latched on to high definition television. So when when we uh, Dancing with the Stars went on the air in Los Angeles, ABC Network could not get the signal to the East Coast in a high-definition television format. They had a, it, it, it appeared like they were going to have to convert it to a, an, an analog signal, transmit it, uh, bring it up, bring it over to the East Coast, transfer it again to digital, and then bring it into ABC Network. They didn't want to do that. So we gave them a way of doing it in high-def all the way. By the way, there are other companies doing it now, but we were the first ones that did it. Uh, the NFL, uh, we have all these cameras in all their stadiums. We, we're not the only ones that could do that, but we were the first ones that did it. And uh, But, you know, the whole team, it's like a family. Everybody's working in the same direction. Uh, we, we keep the problems to a minimum. and That's it, that's it. 
You see, I, I want everybody to hear that. You see, when there is mutual trust and respect, when there is a teamwork, when there is mutual trust and respect, problems are not problems. They are facts of life that happen with growth, with change. You just address them, and they even invigorate the team because that's a challenge. And when they solve the problem, it strengthens the team spirit. When there is no mutual trust and respect, that is where a problem becomes a very, very time-consuming, energy-consuming uh, 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 problem. And that's what, what really the problem is. The problem is not the problem. The problem is who is handling it and how they're handling it. That is what the problem is. And that's what we address. The new methodology looks not at the leaves, looks at the roots of the problem. And the roots of the problem is mutual trust and respect. And once you have that, Problems are not problems, they're facts of life. The, well, let's take a break again. This is a fantastic interview. I really thank you so much. One moment. Break. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Join the Adesis Graduate School for online master's and Ph.D. programs. Get involved with in-depth research into how change can be managed on many levels across disciplines and cultures worldwide. The clinical programs train practitioners with methods that have been used with exceptional results by certified Adesis associates and clients for decades. Core concepts include the proven Adesis theory and spiral dynamics, an emerging theory of human social evolution. For more information, go to adesisgraduateschool.org. Learn about applying the Adesis methodology in your organization's decision-making process. Our comprehensive training programs include a three-day introduction to the Adesis methodology, Breakthrough to Prime, and Leading Highly Effective Teams, a detailed seven-day seminar. The seminars are valuable for corporate leaders, key executives, and others involved in the decision-making process. Our trainings are available around the world and in multiple languages. For more information about these and other training programs available, please visit adesis.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Go ahead, Lou. What do you okay, you, uh, say? you know, as I'm talking to you on the phone, and I know that there are technical people listening, uh, but I, I always have to remember there are 30,000, you're telling me 30,000 uh, listeners out there. And uh, I think one of the biggest takeaways uh, that Ichak uh, uh, addressed it a little bit, I did go to a lot of seminars, I did a lot of international uh, conventions, and, and the thing that I want to impress is I was committed to the methodologies because I saw it working along the way. 
And what I have to say is if you're a CEO and you have any idea of using this type of methodology, if you're just saying, yeah, bring them in, let them, let them talk about it, if you're not committed to it, it's not going to work. Uh, as Echak talked about, I had a CFO that wasn't committed to it, and it, it did give me a little bit of problem along the way, but when he saw that I was uh, you know, strong-fisted and I was going to be committed to it because I saw it working, that's when it started working. Uh, a, a, C, a CFO can't do it by himself, and a, a CEO could do it by himself if he's strong, but he has to be committed to the methodology. So anybody out there listening, it's not a silver bullet. It's not something that you read in a book and say, oh, that, that works, it's going to happen. No, it's really, there's a lot of pain in it, and Echak, with a lot of your um, associates that came to the East Coast or wherever we went, uh, it was a great team, and a lot of them helped me to make it work. We had very, very professional people that were legal guys, they were technical guys, they were administrative guys, and uh, we, we, were, we, we instilled a lot of discipline in all of my management. Ah, oh, wow. Lou, Lou, you know something... I want to talk about commitment. What kind of CEOs are committed to this methodology? What kind of a CEO will be committed, and what kind of a CEO will not be committed? Let me well, start with uh, what, what I, do you think? I would say that I was always a very strong-willed and uh, uh, self-confidence. I, was, I wasn't afraid of the methodology. I wasn't afraid that one of my guys was going to get more information than me and, and, and that I would be in jeopardy. I wasn't afraid of that. I felt the stronger I could make the, my division presidents or my division general managers, the stronger I could make them, the stronger it would make me. And uh, my board of directors in the public company, they were a tough bunch. They weren't. Uh, I had uh, Terrence Elks was the chairman and CEO of Viacom. He was the one that started uh, Showtime, uh, Nickelodeon, and... Uh, MTV. I mean, he was a very, very successful guy, and when he saw the methodology working in the public company, he was fascinated by it. I had a, um, a banker gentleman from Alex Brown from down in Kentucky. I mean, this guy was on boards of major, major corporations, and he saw the way the methodology was working with my people, and he felt I had the best management team that he ever worked with. So, I was uh, I was committed, and if if I was a CEO that wasn't committed, I would have thrown the methodology out in the first month or two. I mean, uh, uh, so back to the thirty thousand people listening. If you, yeah, if you I, have, oh, yeah I, you are very right. You know, I want to emphasize you something from my experience. When a CEO is afraid that oh God, they're going to take the mask off my face and find out that I'm really not that good. When he's afraid. And he wants to control everything because he wants to protect his position. And God forbid that somebody knows more than they do, or God forbid somebody defeats them in an argument. This does not work. Uh, this is methodologies for people that they have their ego in control, that they're really trying to build a team. They're not afraid of conflict. They know using the methodology to make the conflict to be constructive. They're willing to learn from everyone. I'm now quoting this, the, the Jewish uh, uh, book of, 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 of elders who says, who is, who is wise, who learns from everyone? And we are looking for CEOs who are wise, who are willing to learn from everyone. They don't have to be the most, you know, you said that your CFO was an MBA. MBA really can be dangerous to your health. These bloody MBAs, when they finish their degree, and I taught at several universities, I was still professor at MBA programs, the problem is when they finish their MBA, they believe, my God, they have to know everything. They have to be in control. They, and they, <laughs> they're very dangerous. 
You want a person that is open-minded, willing to learn, willing to listen, not afraid, has confidence in himself, strong-willed, but at the same time does not step on people. These are the kind of people that the methodology works outstandingly well for them. Also, I'd like to add to that, uh, especially uh, the listeners, if you have a private company, uh, many uh, private entrepreneurs or presidents or owners, um, and I've seen it happen from 1975 to 1995, there was a lot of secretive things going on. There was a lot of, well, you know, you don't let the troops know what you make, you know. What are you talking about? They're driving Cadillacs. The owners are driving Cadillacs. Once the whole management team was an open book, once everybody knew, you know, what the projections were, what the salaries were, what the bonus programs were, once everybody either bought into it or helped put it together, there was no more, in, we're going back to internal marketing, there was no more, uh, there, was, there was no more fighting. Everybody understood that if, you know, if you projected you were going to do X, Y, Z in revenues and profits, you were going to get a bonus. If you didn't do it, you weren't going to get a bonus. And that worked. It really worked. The, the open, the, the mutual trust and respect and the, open, uh, the openness in the organization transformed the company from 1991 to 1993. And incidentally, I like to tell everybody, um, being an engineering company and, and building large systems, uh, you know, just to, to understand what that meant, our company built most of the major networks in New York City. We built Fox News Network, Lifetime Cable Network, USA Network, uh, the Food Network, uh, all, all of the operations for Time Warner News. Uh, we built all those things. And fellows used to put a, a sign on my desk that said, we're here to solve problems because I always, before I met the Adesis people, I was using another fella, and we used to talk about that all the time. We're here to solve problems. We're not here to fight. We're not here to argue. We're here to solve problems. Well, after I met Dr. Adesis and we started getting the methodology indoctrinated into the company, they put on the other side of the sign. It's a little triangle. It says, we're here to solve problems. If you turn it around, it says mutual trust and respect. And if I ever sensed that one manager or another manager wasn't displaying mutual trust or respect for another guy, I would, I would voice it, and, and it was magic. It really was. All of the people that were running the company really enjoyed, A, working with each other, respecting each other, and most of the politics was put aside. I'm not saying there was none. You always have a little bit. Uh, I mean, I did it myself. I, I'd, have, I'd have, I don't want to mention names, but I, I had an employee that would make, uh, a manager that would make a, a, a crazy remark, and uh, my initial reaction would be to ridicule him. I'm saying, no, that's not mutual trust. So take what he's saying. Uh, you know, come back at him, try to get it, uh, you know, try to get it back out on the table and let him see his error rather than me saying to him, hey, that was a stupid idea. I would never do that. I would never tell a senior manager it's a stupid idea. That's not mutual trust. That's not respect. And I saw it working. I mean, and some of the guys that worked with me says, holy cow, you've changed, you know? And, and I felt, <laughs> I, I feel that, uh, and Echak, I know you're going to laugh because I was interviewed by a few magazines and they said to me, well, you really like the methodology. I said, you know, if the methodology was a religion, I would convert tomorrow. <laughs> you know, look, it is beautiful. I want to tell the people here that are listening that this mutual trust and respect is not that simple to institute in a company. What you need for that, and that's what the business program is, that's how we help companies change. You need a common vision and values. 
then you need an organizational structure that is functionally structured, not around people, but around tasks. And it continuously is changing because the task is changing. Because good fences make good neighbors. And doing the organization structure correctly and, and putting the right people in the right jobs is a beginning of teamwork. You know, it's like soccer game. You know, if you look at the European Cup now, you first have to say who is where in the positions. Where are the positions? Then you have to have the right players. And now we have to play together. So we have common vision values. We have the right organization structure. That means right responsibilities divided correctly, which is a big job. It's not so simple. And then dividing authority correctly and dividing the rewards correctly. Did you hear what we were saying? That they designed the reward system together. Can you imagine that? This is not something that some Hayes consulting firm came in and told you what the reward system should be. People know, in other words, we believe in common sense. We believe that people, if you give them a chance, they will arrive at the, co at the correct solution. And then you need the right process of decision-making. How they get together, how they discuss problems, how they, who talks when, in what sequence, is there any interruptions, how we listen to each other. And the last one is, you want people that have their ego in control. So if you have the right people, the right process, the right structure, the common vision and values, Boy, you will get mutual trust and respect, and the future is yours. But it takes about a year to institute this in a company, minimum one year. Some companies, unfortunately, might take even three years to do it, depending, depending on the commitment of the CEO. It can go fast or it can go slow. So, Lou, uh, I want to ask you another question. You told me when we met in one of the conventions that your son is also implementing the methodology. How is your son doing? Uh, he's doing very well. He's doing very well. Uh, he's, he is, um, um, he is a product of the methodology at, um, uh, when he worked in our engineering company for 13 years, there was, uh, we, we, we called it cascading from, from the, uh, from the corporation, um, that was the holding company down to all the divisions. His division went through all the methodology and he's learned an awful lot about it. He's doing very well, very profitable. Uh, his, uh, uh, his his team his team uh, I, you know I don't I, I'm not suggesting that he he uses the methodologies the way we did at Video Services Corporation uh, but he you know he inherently inherently uh, shows a lot of mutual trust and respect for his people he uh, uh, the, the four the four um, the four um, management styles. Uh, he tries to adhere to it. He knows he needs a balance. He knows he needs, uh, you know, uh, one of the one of the different styles of management on a senior team, and he has it. He has it. And uh, I coach him. I, you know, every once in a while he'd come to me. Not not recently, but in the beginning, he would ask me a question. And I'd say, "Go read the front pages of the book, and you'll get the answer right there." <laughs> and 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 you know, he he would ask me a question. And say, "Should I go to the book, or you're going to tell me the answer?" <laughs> Lou, yeah. wonderful. Just a second. Uh, let's. Uh, uh, let, uh, I think we need to take a break again because every 12 minutes we have to take a break uh, because of the broadcast and then we'll have the last section. Okay. Just a second and let's go for a break. Okay. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. 
The Adesis Speakers Bureau can present the Adesis methodology and its approach to harnessing the power of change to your top management team. The presentations, either in person or via a live video hookup, can be delivered in a two-, four-, or six-hour format. Participants can derive immediate benefit from the material and put their new knowledge to use right away. For luncheons, corporate retreats, and strategic planning meetings presented in a variety of languages, visit www.adesis.com. The Adesis Management Methodology increases the speed at which organizations are able to implement change and solve their problems. The methodology introduces an innovative process, culture, and system that allow organizations to achieve dramatic growth in both revenue and profits. Build your success from within. Adesis Management Methodology is delivered by the Adesis Institute with offices worldwide. Introducing a new management paradigm. Visit www.adesis.com for the Adesis Institute today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. If you have a question or comment about the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to paula at adesis.com, spelled A like America, D like Denmark, I like Israel, Z like in Zambia, E like in Ecuador, and S like Spain. Now, back to the program. Hello, uh, how old are you now? Uh, <laughs> in two days I'll be 70. My God, you know, and I'm going to be in two months, 75, by the way. So, Lou, yeah. you know something? Uh, here we are, I'm 75, working, and don't feel at all 75. I, I, I'm still here in Moscow working, I travel all over the world, and here you are at the age of 70, you're not retired. How come you're not retired? You well, you know, uh, we started this company of Vizuro, uh, the, this new high-def engineering company and fiber company. We started it five years ago. And after about a year, um, as we were getting it going, the economy, as everybody knows, fell apart worldwide. And, uh, you know, I had said to my wife, you know, I was retired for five years. I played a lot of golf. I played with Tiger Woods, Gary Player. I played with a lot of professional golfers. I played in the Las Vegas Invitational 14 times. I played in the Bob Hope Classic, and I went back to work. So here I am. It's now the company's doing real well, and just as we're starting to talk now, my 70th birthday is in two days, uh, I am pulling back. Um, my president and chief operating officer, who's my partner, has, was with me for 20 years before we became partners, and he's an excellent, excellent uh, senior management. Um, and by the way, he was, he was the gentleman that was an administrative guy in the fiber company that we had 20 years ago. And uh, he went from, uh, you know, making a uh, hundred and something thousand dollars a year to three or four hundred thousand dollars a year. Now he's a major partner in this company with me. He's on the board and he travels around the world and he's done a spectacular job. So more of more of the uh, 
uh, work is going on his shoulders, and I'm pulling back. I'll still be chairman. I'll still be with the board of directors because uh, all the people on the board of directors are from the past. They all they all worked with me uh, in the old company, and uh, I, you know I'm I'm still here, and I'll help them. And uh, when we need to do something with a major network or the NFL, I'm around to help them. But he's he's running the company now. He's running it. Uh, no. And what are you going to do? Play more golf? Is that what well, I don't do? know. I'm putting a bucket list together. Uh, I've been to five Super Bowls. I'm going to go to one next year. And also, uh, uh, the guys that go to the Super Bowl with me, I said I'm going to add the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness, and the Belmont Stakes to our bucket list next year. So, <laughs> so, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to enjoy life. You know, I, my wife of 49 years, and we have six grandchildren, and uh, the family's doing well, and I'm a very happy person. Lou, Lou, this is fantastic. Lou, tell me something. You are also, I know, do a lot of philanthropic work because you got the Ellis Island uh, uh, medal, which I also thank you for recommending me, and I got it as well. Uh, tell us about your philanthropic work, which is keeps you well, alive I, as well. I've been on the Ellis Island. Uh, I've been on the Ellis Island advisory board for ten years. I've been on Good Samaritan Hospitals boards and trustees, and I've been on that for twenty years. And uh, I enjoy. Uh, I enjoy. My wife and I set up a foundation when we sold the company in two thousand, and we enjoy. Uh, uh, helping organizations that are local to uh, to our area, and uh, my wife is a. Uh, uh very active in the Rockland County Hospice, and she's very active in breast cancer, and and uh, we enjoy doing that. We're giving back to the community. Fantastic, Lou. You have been successful. Have you ever failed? Well, you know, ever failed. Uh, in everything I've ever done, I can't say I've have no. There's some failures. I mean, tell me a banker who never made a bad loan, and he's a banker that never made a loan. I mean, I I don't believe I failed. I believe that uh, there were things uh, within the companies and things within relationships. Uh, to me, to me, uh, a failure is if a relationship goes sour, and I've had a few of those happen. And uh, oddly enough, uh, one of the worst ones that I had that went sour, we turned out to be best friends again for life. So, you know, to, to the term, have I ever failed? Um, I was just the uh, I was just the um, uh, the chairman of the 90th anniversary of Brooklyn Tech High School in Brooklyn, and out of 85,000 graduates, uh, three fellas were uh, just honored for the work that they've done for the school. And they came to me a year ago and asked me to be chairman of the gala. And uh, June 7th, we had the dinner in New York City. Uh, we had um, 650 people. We raised $1.5 million. And it was very, very satisfying. Very satisfying. Uh, I would like the audience to see something here. And this is very important. I found out that the people that are very successful in building teams... People that are very successful in building an organization are not only worrying about themselves, take, 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 take. They're givers. They give to the community. They don't, their giving doesn't stop with their company. Their generosity doesn't stop with the company. They have an open heart, big heart, and they really, really want to return to the society and share with the society. And this is a very important trait. So if you're looking for a successful CEO, ask yourself, how far are you looking? How big are your interests? Are they only located around yourself or just your family, just your company, or the society? The well, I, 
I've always, I've always had the feeling, I've always had the feeling, uh, uh, and I don't want to get religious here, but I've always had the feeling the more one gives to society, uh, the more one gets back. And in, 19, in 1992, when I was working with you, uh, the company had a huge negative net worth, and I was chairman of the Good Samaritan Hospital Foundation. And uh, they sat down with me in the capital campaign and said, you know, we'd like you to give whatever the number was. I believe it was 50000 And I said, uh, you know, I'd really love to do it. Uh, but my company, my company has, is going through a crisis right now. I'll tell you what, I'll, give, I'll put 25 up, and uh, if things go well in the next year, I'll put the other 25 up. Well, uh, things went well, and I put up the other 25. And I sat back and looked at it, and I said, you know what, I, I don't know if the Lord had something to do with that, but uh, um, uh, I, I really believe, I really believe, uh, and you know, by the way, the methodology, we, did, we haven't touched on this, the methodology works on everything you do in life. It works on your marriage, it works on your, your your relationships, it works on golf. I mean, uh, uh, there, there are some aspects, and I know, Dr. Adesis, you can draw parallels all over the place, but um, uh, the, uh, the, the thing about giving has always been important to me. I came from very, my, very meager means out of New York City. I'm in uh, New Jersey, in Bergen County, a fairly wealthy county, and uh, my heart and my wife's heart goes out to any organization that needs help. We always try to do it. Lou, you are just touched a very important point, that the methodology goes beyond business. Uh, it is really a methodology of life. I would like to tell the audience, and then I want to tell me how you are applying it to golf. This methodology was used by the Australians many years ago to win the American Cup, which never before was lost to outside of the United States. So the Australians won it. And Alan Bond, who was, uh, who was the one uh, that financed uh, the whole project for the Australians, Send me a big picture. I said, thank you, Chakadizas. Because he used the methodology to, to, to win the American Cup. I, and I know nothing about sailing. He told me how to build a complementary team, how to build mutual trust and respect. Because if the tactician and the skipper one second hesitate what to do, that's a both length lost. So the fact that they had so much trust and respect that they were really so well working together is what made Australia's win the American Cup. Now, how does it work in, in golf? I really have no idea. Can you tell us? Uh, you know, there, there's a, there, <laughs> maybe, maybe that was a little bit of stretch, but, but you know, in golf, you've got to be patient. You got to, you know, uh, all aspects of uh, the methodology are in there. You know, you got you got to have a good swing. You got to you got to manage yourself. You got to be a little bit creative, and you got to integrate it all. Uh, <laughs> you know, great, great, great. Uh, but by the way, but, um, I, I was I had another train of thought that I wanted to bring up, Don it, and it was uh, uh, about application to different things in life. I think. Yeah, well, well, in marriage, it's the same thing. You know, one, I guess in marriage, the thing that I learned is if you don't have mutual trust and respect in a marriage, forget about it. That's heading straight for a divorce. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, my books are not being used only by businessmen. They're used by people that just want to know about life uh, only in general because application is there in everything. By the way, I'm consulting now to governments as well, and it applies to society as well. Wow. Uh, I just uh, I just caught a point that I wanted to bring out. When I sold uh, my company to Liberty Media, we we had uh, we had four divisions with presidents and we had three or four other general managers. And over the course from 2000 to 2005, all the people that worked for me 
became senior executives of the Liberty Media Organization. And to me, that's not an accident. That wasn't an accident. And it wasn't that I trained them. I think we trained them. I mean, the methodology and the commitment that we had in our company, uh, all the fellows that were running divisions for me, when they went to the new company, and by the way, not too many people even realize it, but uh, the whole engineering operation of Liberty Media's, uh, 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 when they bought all the companies, by the way, they bought $800 million worth of companies. We were only $125 million. The fellow in charge of all the engineering was Tom and have been the president of one of my divisions. The fellow that was in charge of all of the fiber systems and the, uh, uh, and the satellite companies, and by the way, that was New York, London, Chicago, L.A., Singapore. He was all over the world. He, he ran, he had 250 people with him, and he was doing real well. And on and on and on, uh, Andre Macaluso in, uh, in the uh, International Distribution Company, he was running it all for uh, Liberty Media, and after they sold it, they sold it to Deluxe. Now he's running it for Deluxe. So there, there's something to it. There's something to using the methodology, training, everybody getting trained together. It, it makes everybody, uh, you know, a much better manager. Uh -huh. You know, and I want to re remind you what happened. Uh, uh, you were trying to get me in a business institute to start consulting on helping training Liberty Media, and they refused. And That's that right. was really the downfall. That's if right. If the methodology, they would be in a different place. That's right. right. They were all MBA guys that knew all the answers. <laughs> that's, that's it. You know something? I, I, I got quite a few people upset in my, in my one of my blogs when I said, the worst managers come from Harvard Business School because they become arrogant. They are bloody arrogant. They, you know, let them work for investment banking. Let them go to work McKinsey. As line managers, they're impossible. Whenever I have an MBA, especially from Harvard, I double my fees and triple the amount of time it will take me to turn them around because you have to take their arrogance away. You know, most successful businessman was one of the guys that uh, I, I had in, in Australia, and he told me, you know, Ichak, I have three doctorates working for me. So, uh, Sorry, I have three doctorates, and I don't have even a high school diploma. He was one of the biggest transportation exec, uh, owners of transportation companies of Australia. And I said, how can you have three doctorates and you didn't finish high school? He says, I hired them. In other words, knowledge is easy. Being is well, I don't. I don't want to offend any of our listeners that are MBAs. I don't mean. I don't mean to put everybody in the same category. But when you were talking about Liberty Media, all the senior management people, as soon as they did this roll up and bought all the companies, they started hiring all major MBA type people, thinking that they were going to come in and organize it. But that wasn't what made the company work. What made the company work were entrepreneurs, were guys that were great salespeople, were people that were great administrators, and there were people that knew how to put all of it together. It wasn't, you don't learn that in the book. You really don't. And I, you know, I know, I know MBAs that are very bright guys that, that were very successful. There was even one in my company later on. But uh, again, I apologize to anybody out there when we talk about MBAs. It's not, uh, it's, not it's just, it's just that, that, that I've seen so many people that were entrepreneurs, if they had, if they listened, and, and if they worked hard at it, they could be a successful as somebody that has a master's degree. Let me summarize it this. What makes a good executive is not what you know, because what you know will become obsolete over time. It's not what you have. 
It is what you are. What kind of a person are you? Do you command and grant respect and trust? Because if you do, the road ahead of you is open. You can always hire people to know. It's easier to hire people who are and teach them to know than to hire people who know and teach them to be. Thank you, Lou, and thank you very, very much. I would like to thank you, and uh, I know this is a worldwide thank you for what you did for myself, my family, and my organization. I'll always remember you, and thank you again. It was a great, it was a great ride. Thank you, my friend. Thank okay. you. See you at the next convention, Lou. Next oh. convention is it's going to be in Mexico. Next convention. Please come in February. Okay. Tell the All best. Bye-bye. Right. Okay. Bye. Thank bye. you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you again for joining us this week for Adesis Methodology for Collaborative Management for Exceptional Results with Dr. Ishak Adesis. Please tune in again next Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Until then, enjoy your weekend and a successful week.